You are now listening to the London International Christian Church Podcast. Good to see you all this morning. Amen. Amen. Let's just go to God in prayer. Amen. Father God in heaven, we thank you so much. We can look into your word this morning, Father. Because you know your word is a living word, God. It becomes alive, God, when we live it out, when we obey your word, Father. Please give us the hearts this morning to obey your word, Father. Give us the hearts to do your will to the, to the greatest degree in our lives, Father. Pray that you move me aside right now, Father. And please open up the hearts of um, men and women here, Father, in the room. And help us, God, to be fired up for you. Help us to be willing to do your will for the rest of our lives. No matter what it takes, God, I pray we'll pay the cost. Father, please bless the sermon now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. It's great to see everybody this morning. And the weather is getting a little milder, is it not? Oh, yes. I don't know about you, but I thought the, um, the weather was never going to change. Yeah. <laughs> it's about two months of cold weather there, and I said, this year I'm going to appreciate the summer. Yeah. I know I say that every year, man. <laughs> so guys, the, in 1 John 5, chapter 4, just write it down. The Bible says, this is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. So the title of the sermon is a biblical title. It says, faith is the victory. That's going to be the title of our sermon this morning. Now I was reading once about a very faithful woman. She was an elderly woman. She was well known for her faith and her, and her boldness in talking about her faith. She would stand on her por- front porch and shout, Praise the Lord! Next door to her lived an atheist, which sometimes happens, who would get so angry at her proclamations he would shout, There ain't no God! Hard times set in on the elderly lady and she prayed for God to send her some assistance. She stood on the, por- on the, the porch and shouted, Praise the Lord! God, I need food. I'm having a hard time. Please, Lord, send me some groceries. The next morning, the lady went out on the porch and ordered a lar- large bag of groceries and shouted, Praise the Lord. The neighbor jumped from behind the bush and said, Aha, I told you there was no God. I bought these groceries. God didn't. The lady started jumping up and down and clapping her hands. Praise the Lord. He not only sent me the groceries, but he made the devil pay for them. Amen. <laughs> That's a, a very good woman there, amen. I'm going to read a few, a few, uh, a few sayings about, about faith. The Bible says, God didn't promise days without pain, laughter without sorrow, or sun without rain. But he did promise strength for the day, comfort for the tears, and light for the way. If God brings you to it, he will bring you through it. Faith is taking the first step, even when you don't see the whole staircase. Faithful Christians make an otherwise unsavoury world palatable to God. Faith is not the power of positive thinking. It is believing in God and trusting that his will is always best, even when you cannot understand why. God delights in answering the prayer of faith. Faith is unseen but felt. Faith is strength when we feel we have none. Faith is hope when all see is lost. God is calling for his church to arise in the air of Christ. We must invade enemy territory through prayer. And by exercising faith and manifest the peace of God in our lives. Believe. Believe in the limitless supply of God's goodness. Hearing how God is moving in other areas encourages and inspires our faith for what, what, what God wants to do in our corner of the world here in, Dub- in London, in particular the North region. Amen? The Lord is faithful to those who are faithful and earnestly seek him. And if you feel powerless, do not fear. We have access by faith to God's limitless power. Amen? So the first, uh, the first point today is going to be God is the object of our faith. The God himself is the object of our faith. Amen. So go to please Colossians 1.16. Going to be getting into the Bible today. Getting the word of God out. But Colossians 1.16 the Bible says. 
For by him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things were created by him and through him. Now it's one thing to create something that God did, but then he has to sustain it every day as well. God sustains the whole universe. Um, there's a, a question that you ever ask yourself this question what does God do every day <laughs> I mean, it's a very unusual question but it's a very I think applicable question to us um, let, me, let me just t- talk you through some of the things that God does every day some aspects of God's creation in October 2016 the Astronomical Journal anybody read the Astronomical Journal <laughs> I, thought, I thought not man. No. <laughs> they said because of the, the Hubble telescope and the extra information it's given it's, it's bringing Astronomers now think there are over 2 trillion galaxies in the universe. Two trillion, this is galaxies. Over 90% of these have not been studied. <coughs> How big is each galaxy? Our own galaxy is called? Milky the Milky Way. The Milky Way galaxy has around 100 billion planets. <laughs> That's one galaxy. Now there's 2 trillion galaxies. Amen? So God sustains everything in space all day, every day. What about the stars? Estimated by astronomers that there are at least one to the power of 24 stars. So if you know that's 3, 6, 9, 12, 15, 18, 21, 24. And that's a gross underestimation. Let's go to Isaiah chapter 40. We'll see what God sees about, says about the stars. What am what, what, um, How the stars come into being. Let's go to Isaiah chapter 40 and verse 26. Now God is the master of understatement. He is the master of understatement. This scripture will, will, will prove it. He says, lift your eyes to the heavens. Lift your eyes and look to the heavens. Who created all these? He who brings out the starry host one by one. And calls them each by name. Because of his great power and mighty strength, not one of them is missing. You know, think about that. What kind of memory have you got? I struggle to remember some names. <laughs> you know, I struggle. Maybe I have maybe 50 to 100 names in my, in my memory. But after that, I have to ask people, what's your name, what's your name, or try to think. But you know, God has some memory. <laughs> God has some memory to remember all the names of these stars. We're talking about one, I guess, one to the 24 power of stars. God knows every name. He has a name for each star. Each star is an individual star. So God, it just shows you God doesn't forget. He doesn't forget all that we do either, <laughs> whether good or bad. God has a great memory, amen? They even say that there may be something called, astronomers, a multi-universe. A multi-universe is a collection of different universes. <laughs> there may be that. They're still trying to study it out. There, it might even be only one universe. So God, what about the natural world? There's actually 10 million species of plants and animals, uh, plants, animals and insects in the world. 5 million of these live in the Amazon rainforest alone. The majority have not been identified. And cat- cataloging them would take about a thousand years. A thousand years. But when we know the Bible says, with the, tel- with the Lord, a thousand years are like a day. Amen. Amen. There's 950,000 species of insects alone. There are 10,000 species of animals are discovered every year, every single year. How many ants are alive at any one time? Do you ever ask yourself that question? Were yeah. you going around maybe at work this week and ask yourself that question? No? Yeah. What do you think, Stuart? No, I remember. Yeah. At any one time, there's 10,000 trillion ants alive. Wow. 10,000 trillion. There's 14,000 different species of ants. All are hard workers, amen? How many domestic chickens are in the world? (laughs) 18 plus billion domestic chickens. So thank God we've enough chickens to go around for another while. If you like me, I love chicken, amen? (laughs) 
Have you ever heard of krill? K-R-I-L-L. Yes. It's like a little invertebrate, like the shrimp. There's 85 species of krill. One species is called the Antarctic krill. There's between 125 million and 6 billion tons of, our, of our Antarctic krill. At certain times of the years, Antarctic krill congregate in swarms so dense that they can be seen from space. These are tiny little things. Scientists estimate that the total weight of all Antarctic krill is more than the total weight of all humans in the world. That's what scientists estimate. Think of a giraffe. Do you ever look at the, the long neck of a giraffe? And think, how does the giraffe, the giraffe pump blood from his body? Eight foot in the air. Do you ever think about that? It's amazing. It's, it's to do with the, 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 um, the heart is two feet long, but it's designed in such a way it can pump blood perfectly. Even when it goes down, it doesn't faint. When it goes up, it doesn't faint. It's, it, the, the giraffe is one of the most remarkable animals out there. Um, so who owns all the animals? Let's go to Psalm 24, guys. Psalm 24 here, we'll get into the Bible. Let God tell us, let God speak to us today. Who owns all the animals? Psalm 24, in verse 1, the Bible says, The earth is the Lord, and everything in it. The world and all who live in it. God owns all the animals. God owns everything in this world. They all belong to God. So we don't belong to each other. We don't belong to our parents. We belong to God. Amen. All the animals out there, every animal in the world belongs to God. Do you know that God is still creating today? God is still creating day after day. Let's go to Psalm 139. And we'll see how God is still creating. Even today, he's still creating day after day after day. Psalm 139 verse 13, the Bible says, For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Now this is one of my favourite aspects of God's ongoing creation. Yeah. Have you seen a pregnant woman recently? Yeah. yeah. Jonathan has, remember? <laughs> I said this morning, bro, yeah? yeah? Every time you see a pregnant woman, you see God still creating. Because mm. God is creating the babies. He's creating babies every day. God is excited about each, each, each baby. He's creating hundreds of thousands of babies right now. As we're in this room, God is creating hundreds and thousands of babies right here, right now. Each one is unique and special. And you know what? God is excited about everyone. Every baby is a miracle of God. One of, one of my favourite songs of Stevie Wonder is Isn't She Lovely? You know that song? It's about literally a blind man having a baby. And he's still able to write that song, even though he's blind. He's still able to come out with the words to say how incredible a baby is. Isn't she lovely? But God is creating all these babies. God is the creator of everything. You reckon every day there's between 350,000 and 360,000 babies born every day. Wow. There's 250 to 260 born every minute. And there's a TV show called One Born Every Minute. That should be 250 born every minute. Because that's the amount of babies God is creating. Wow. The, way, the way God divides up the world, okay, it's almost the same men and women. The overall population of the world, over 7 billion, it's 55.4% men, 49.6% women. So we know that there's somebody for everybody. If you want to get married today, if you want to start dating, God has someone there for you today. Don't give up hope of getting dating. Amen? Amen. So how many, how many human beings in the world? There's 7.4 billion human beings in this world. Let's go to Ezekiel chapter 18. And we'll see who owns all the, um, the human beings. Ezekiel chapter 18. In verse 4. The <laughs> Bible says, For every living soul belongs to me, says the Lord. Every single living soul belongs to God. Everybody here today, we belong to God. Every one of us belongs to God. God sustains all animal life as well as all human beings. God is always doing something every day. 
God never sleeps. Every heartbeat is from God. Think about prayers. How many, God, how many prayers does God hear every day from all these different religions around the world? How many does he answer is probably the more relevant question. Probably hears a lot of prayers, but he might answer all of them. We go later, we have to have faith when we pray. But God does a phenomenal amount every day. So what about giving a round of applause to God today? Amen. God does a phenomenal amount every day. He, he, he deserves all the praise we can muster from our lips, God. There's not enough people praising God. So we are God's people. We need to praise him. Amen. So obviously faith is the victory. Let's define faith. Go with me please to Hebrews chapter 11. Let's go and define faith from the Bible. What does the Bible say that faith is? What is faith according to the word of God? The Bible says, now faith is being sure of what we hope for and unsure of what we do not see. Is that what it says? No. No. Who said yes? The <laughs> Bible says, faith be sure and certain of what we do not see. Now we see here there's two aspects of faith. Biblically there's two aspects of faith. The first part is put forth for a reason. We've got to be sure of what we hope for. We've got to be sure about eternal life. So guys, how sure are we of eternal life today? Do you really believe if you die today faithful, you'll go to heaven forever and ever and ever? Do you believe that? If you believe it, you're going to think about it a lot. So how often have you thought, think about eternal life? Last week, how often have you thought about eternal life? Have you thought about it once? Have you thought about it twice? Have you thought about it ten times? Can you not get it out of your mind? Because really, guys, we need to keep thinking about eternal life a lot. This is what sustained the early Christians. They believed with all their heart that they had eternal life. They were willing to go through death. Now we have to die to ourselves in certain ways, but we're not, we're not at the standard of the early disciples yet. Amen? We don't have to sacrifice our life for Jesus. So the first part of faith is believing it. Being sure of our hope. Not being like, oh, I don't know, maybe, God is not, maybe God's word is not really real. Maybe that's for somebody else. Heaven is for somebody else. Bible says, no, we got it. We got to believe this if we're going to have an impact for people. The certain one is certain of what we do not see. Are you certain today there's a spiritual world out there? Yes. It's as real as young Rayan here in the front. It's real. Even though we don't see it, it is real. Heaven is real. Hell is real. Spiritual warfare is real. Demons are real. Angels are real. God is real. Satan is real. Jesus speaks about all these things. We got to believe it. Because if we believe it, we're going to live it out. We're going to live it out. If you're visiting today, are you aware of a spiritual war? Do you know that there's a war going beyond what we see? We can just look at the uh, physical aspects, but there's a definitive spiritual life out here. A definitive spiritual life, the Bible says. We, got, we have to believe these things to have an impact for people. We've got to think about it more. We've got to study them more. But the first part is always the hope. If you get the hope down right, then you're going to believe in everything else. You have to, you have to focus on believing on the hope of heaven, the hope of eternal life. Please do that, guys, with all of our hearts. Help us to focus on the hope of heaven. Let's go down to um, verse 6. The Bible says, And without faith, it is impossible to please God, because anyone who comes to Him must believe that He exists, and that He rewards those who earnestly seek Him. Impossible. It means beyond the realms of possibility. Impossible means out of the question. It's impossible to please God. Unless what? Unless we're sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. If we're not sure of these things today, we're not pleasing God. Because they're the two main parts of faith. Be sure of what we hope for, certain 
of what we do not see. Now, without faith, everything else we do, our, 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 our deeds, our daily deeds, without faith, our prayers, our Bible study, our evangelism, our follow-up, our studies with the lost, is, is no good without faith. It, we can't please God unless we're doing these things with faith. We cannot please our Creator. Even our eating, what you might say, our eating has to be done from faith. There's a scripture for that. Let's go to Romans chapter 14. I haven't haven't lost my mind. Don't worry. (laughs) There is a scripture that talks about this. Let's hope I can find it now after all. The Bible says, But the man or woman who has doubts is condemned if she or he eats because his eating is not from faith and everything that does not come from faith is sin. Everything that does not come from faith is sin. That's, the biblical standard is quite high. <laughs> mm. Forget about the world standard. Forget about the, um, the standard of religiosity. Because that's no standard. We are disciples and we live by the Bible standard. Amen? Amen? That's where we live our lives. The Bible standard. Even our eating has to be done from faith. Everything has to be done from faith. When was the last time you asked the question, am I living by faith? <laughs> or at the end of the day, did I live by faith today? Am I going to live by faith tomorrow? What am I going to do different? Am I going to live by faith? This is something that we always have to ask ourselves. Even for me this week, I was trying to set myself a contact goal, get a couple of contacts a day. You know, it's one thing to, um, to share your faith with people, but getting a, getting a couple of contacts, it pushes you. Mm-hmm. It makes you rely on God. It makes you really examine, do I have faith? Or am I just asking people for the sake of it? And there are the types of things we need to do. And I didn't get him every day. I got, I got one or two here or there. But it's good for me. It's good to set yourself goals to test yourself. Don't just set goals that are easy to make. That's not faith. Faith is setting goals that only God can make. Yeah. That's what faith is. Set yourself a simple goal, invite one a person a day. I mean, that's, that's not faith. Push yourself. Push yourself when you're, when you're setting goals. Set radical goals, where the Bible says. Our doubt is the enemy of our faith. Our own individual doubt. Now, there's somebody once says, doubt your doubts, not your faith. <laughs> so doubt your doubts, not your faith. So think about your doubts. Think, why am I doubting that God can't use me? <laughs> what kind of an illogical doubt that is? You know what doubt? I'm going to doubt you. <laughs> Instead of doubting the faith, I'm going to doubt this doubt I have in my mind. Mm-hmm. So don't doubt the faith in God. Doubt your doubts. Doubt your doubts, not your faith. Then on the contrary, God is pleased by faith. Mm-hmm. He is pleased when we're sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. God is fired up with that. Yeah. If we're sure of heaven, that fires God up. Some of us have a religious background, maybe where we're seen, we don't deserve anything. Woe is me. Oh Lord, hey. Woe is me. We hit ourselves, I don't deserve this, I don't deserve that. That's not faith. That is not faith. That is not pleasing to God. It's not pleasing to God. We believe God's word. We believe that God is the only because God wants to give it to us. It's nothing to do with us. It's all to do with God. Everything is to do with God. When we trust, He loves it. When we trust in His goodness. He loves it when we trust in His power. He loves it when we trust in His love. We need to get our mindset off ourselves and onto God. Somebody once said, God honors faith and great faith honors God. What's your faith like today? I want to give you a challenge today, church, this week. Grow in your faith in God. Don't have the same faith you have next week. Don't come to church next week with the exact same faith. Have more faith. Have more faith in God in heaven. Amen? Amen. let's go on to point two heaven is the goal of our faith what's the goal of our faith? Amen. heaven is the goal of our faith let's go to 1 Peter 1 
This is a, a spectacular scripture, I think. An incredible scripture. Um, we're going to read from three, uh, from 1 Peter 1, 3 to 9. The Bible says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a, a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. And into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil or fade, kept in heaven for you, Rene. Kept in heaven for you, Stuart. Kept in heaven for you, Annie. <laughs> Kept in heaven for you. Who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you greatly rejoice. Are you rejoicing today? Do you greatly rejoice? Though for a little while you may have to suffer grief and all kinds of trials. Who has some trials in their life this week? <coughs> yes, okay, okay. I mean, I'm getting there. <laughs> So these have come, your, your trials, so that your faith, your faith, is of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may be proved genuine, and may result in praise, glory, and honour when Jesus Christ is revealed. Though you have not seen him, you love him, and even though you do not see him now, you believe in him, and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. For you are receiving the goal of your faith. The salvation of your soul. This is the goal of our faith, guys. The salvation of our soul. Obviously other people as well would be talking about that. But this scripture is great. The Bible says, our faith shields us. Our faith shields us. If we don't feel shielded today, it's because we don't have faith in God. If you're going through troubles in your life, you, you find you have no shield to go to, that's because we don't have faith in God. Because God's faith shields us from harm, from the things that the world has to go through every day. Our faith is, on, is of inestimable value. The Bible says here, greater worth than gold. You know, gold was worth a lot back then. Gold is kind of rarer than it is now, obviously. It was worth a lot, a lot. But um, God is trying to tell us how much our faith is worth. Our faith is worth everything. We've got to do everything we can to protect our faith. Everything to can we, to grow our faith this morning. So why do we go through these struggles? To be, so that our faith may be proved genuine. Our faith may be proved genuine. If you're not going through struggles, then your faith is not genuine. If you crumble in the, in the eyes of struggles, then your faith is not genuine. You know, like everybody, we have struggles, we have financial struggles. We have to rely on God on a day-to-day basis. Now, who's putting us through these struggles? <laughs> putting us through these struggles he's testing our faith in him he's testing if we're going to believe in him we want to be fruitful in the north I mean, we baptised someone last week who's putting us through these struggles God is putting us through these struggles he wants to bless us but he won't bless us unless he sees faith mm. Jesus said there's no miracles no faith no miracles that's not going to change that's a spiritual law written into the universe by the universe maker himself mm. nobody's going to change this law God is not going to wake up one morning and say listen I'll just change this law a bit here now this is God's law. God's laws never change. They are for our own good. There's no point in being fruitful without being faithful. We have to really fight for it. We've got to fight to save someone's souls. So someone said as well that faith that can't be tested can't be trusted. You've got to go through the steps of faith now. Faith is like a staircase. You grow in your faith, get a bit more, a bit higher, a bit higher. Eventually we're going to go up to heaven. Amen. But faith is like the staircase. Little, t- little steps at a time. We've got to grow in our faith all the time. We've got to grow in our faith all the time. Um, visitors, do you have genuine faith? Do you have faith in God? Is that a very abstract term for you? What's faith in God? Faith in God is, is a biblical term. Amen. 
if, you, if you're coming today, please study the Bible. The Bible will make everything clear. God makes everything so simple. Because we know, he knows we're quite, we're quite dull, man, in some ways. He makes it very simple for us. God loves you. God wants to have a relationship with you. God is talking to you right now through the Bible. He's talking to you right now through the Bible. You know a man in the church who I admire for his faith is Rene. I really admire Rene for his faith. You know, um, obviously we're working together at the moment, but Rene has done all these resolutions for the new, for the new year. And it's very detailed, very, uh, very focused, but very faithful resolutions. He's got all types of spirit resolutions, like spiritual goals. Read the Bible this year, obviously. Um, memorize three passengers a week. Um, share his faith every day. Baptize sweet-minded people. There are spiritual goals. He's got, um, uh, he's got to, read, to read 15 books this year. Wow. How many books are you going to read? How many books are you going to read? Rennie has all the, the books he's going to read. Rennie has got marriage goals. You pray together, have tea time, and the book, read a book together, uh, give a lesson for the marriage. Rennie has goals for long Rayan. That he'll do a camping trip with him, that he'll be the king of Max Jr., that he'll be swimming. He's work goals. You know, make a thousand pounds per week. Contribution, a high contribution every week. He's got health goals. That he'll be, um, you know, he'll walk a lot, he'll run a lot, he'll do a, a hundred push ups. <laughs> when he's got Bible talk goals, we double in number. He built great friendships with about six brothers. These are great goals, guys. Amen. How many goals have you got for the year? We can imitate Remy. I've just done a, a similar to, to Remy's one. Just, it's, it's not too late to do goals. Don't say, I'll wait in 2018 to do my goals. I'll get back to Remy in 2018. Do it today. Make goals for the rest of the year. We're not the world where we just give up on our goals and we only start the goals on January the 1st. We can start a goal for God anytime. Anytime we can start a goal for God. Amen. Let's go to Romans 10 17. Come on, bro. How do we get faith? Do you want some faith? Yes. How badly do you want it? You gotta got very you gotta want it very badly. Bible says 10 chapter 7 verse 17. Consequently, faith comes from hearing the message. And the message is heard through the word of Christ. The Bible gives us faith. Mm. Reading the Bible, studying the Bible, examining the Bible, meditating on the Bible, applying the Bible to our daily life. That gives us faith. That's the main way to get faith. Mm. Number one way to get faith is through the word of God. Yeah. How are your Bible study? How eager are we to examine the word every day? Are we, do we still have those Berean hearts that we want to get up every day and we can't wait to spend time in the Bible? I don't read in Joshua this week, finishing with Joshua. There's so many nuggets in Joshua. You know, I, I've read books in the Bible. Maybe I'm, I've probably read the same verse maybe 20, 30 times. And each time I get something different. Mm-hmm. It's a miracle of God. God will do it. God will open up your heart. Yeah. But he's got a way of hiding himself from the half heart. Yeah. From the uncommitted. Yeah. If you're like that, you'll never find God. <laughs> you'll never find God. You have to be wholehearted to find God. This is what our church believes. This is what we preach. You've got to be wholehearted to find God. We've got to search for the hidden treasure. You know, if you, if you found out there was gold in some hills around here, you would search. I know I would probably search for it anyway. <laughs> a financial situation, because we have a special contribution coming up. I mean. But I, I would search for it with all my heart. But are you calling it out for insight? The Sam said, you must call it out for insight. Don't just read the Bible and say, well, I'll read today. Go down on your knees first. God, give me insight to your word. Give me something that will sustain me for the whole day that I can share with my brothers, I can share with the lost. Give me insight, Father. Visitors, do you read the Bible every day? When was the last time you read the Bible? If you're visiting us today. When was the last time you read the Bible? If you're like me, I, there's times in my life I didn't read the Bible. <laughs> times I just didn't, I just gave up on the Bible. I didn't, I didn't see the need to read for it. That's the religion I was brought up with. It was like, oh, only the holy people can understand the Bible. <laughs> You'll never understand the Bible. You're stupid. <laughs> you haven't gone to college for seven years to understand the Bible. 
That's not the Bible. Jesus Christ speaks to everybody. The Word of God speaks to everybody. Rich, poor, educated, well-educated. It speaks to everybody. You can get faith today if you start reading the Bible, examining the Bible, putting it into practice in your life. Now share about our church. In our church, we have a very high standard. We're always going to keep this standard. Amen? Amen. Never going to drop the standard. God. We read the Bible every day. Everybody. Amen? It's, it's, it's not because we have to be, because we want to know God. That's why you read the Bible, to know God, to know your Creator. That's why we read the Bible. Um, we have an acronym called SOAP. That's not something you, you, you kind of wash yourself with the Bible, if you like. Yeah. <laughs> Scrub yourself with the Bible, you know, your heart. So the scripture, write down the scripture, write down your observation from the scripture, write down your application from the scripture, and write down the practical. Practicals are crucial. There's no point in reading the Bible and saying, put in the club. We have to get something that we're going to do that day. That day or that week, we have to have practicals every day. But we have a very, I'm very proud of our church. We have a very high standard in our church. But guys, the more faith we have, the more we will believe in eternal life. The more faith we have, the more we believe. Remember Hebrews 1? Be sure of what we hope for. We've got to get more faith to believe because that's going to sustain us when times get tough and times will get tough. Amen? Now one of our goals is to read the Bible this year. How's that going? Are you reading the Bible? Is that your goal still? How far behind are you? How far behind are you in reading the Bible? You don't have to start and do it all the way through. You can start at the back and go back if you like. Just do something different. But guys, this is, a, this is a goal from God. This is not a goal from um, our leaders. This is a goal from God. God wants us to read, this, to, to read the Bible. Amen? Amen? So guys, what do we get when we get faith? Let's go to Luke 22. I'm glad you asked. Luke 22, verse 31. Let's see what we do when we get faith. So remember this, this, this goal. What's the name of our second uh, point? What's the title of our second point? Goal of our faith. Heaven. Heaven is the goal of our faith. That's right. Heaven is the goal of our faith. So Luke, Luke 22, in verse 31, the Bible says, Simon, Simon! Satan! Jesus talks about Satan a lot. Satan has asked to sift you as wheat. Tweet. But I have prayed for you, Simon, that your fate will not fail. And when you have turned back, strengthen your brothers. When we have faith, we have to strengthen each other. That's a biblical command. That's a command from Jesus. This wasn't just for Peter. When we have genuine faith, we have to share with others. That's how we know we have faith. If we're sharing what we're getting in the Bible. If we're excited about our word of God. If we're excited about our relationship with God. That's how we know we have faith. Because we're going to share that with others, with as many people as humanly possible. Amen? Amen. That's how we know we have faith. We want to share it with others all the time. We've got a huge responsibility in this area. One more scripture in this passage, guys, is 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. Let's go to this scripture, a great scripture, but we don't really um, talk about it a great, not as much as we should do. Let's, let's see what it says, first of all. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 13, the Bible says, Brothers, we do not want you to be ignorant about those who fall asleep, or to grieve like the rest of the men who have no hope. We believe that Jesus died and rose again, and so we believe that God will bring with Jesus those who have fallen asleep in him. According to the Lord's own word, we tell you that we who are still alive, who are left till the coming of the Lord, will certainly not perceive those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command, with the voice of the archangel, with a trumpet call of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. After that, we who are still alive and are left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. Amen. That's going to be a great greeting. That's going to be a great high five. Amen. <laughs> and so we will be with the Lord forever. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. When was the last time you encouraged another disciple with these words? In your D time. Did you ever share this with someone in your D time? Say, guys, this is what this is what it's all about. 
this is a command from God. We should be encouraging one another with these words. So the, my challenge this week, guys, encourage other disciples about eternal life. Don't talk about your problems. Don't talk about sport. Don't talk about the weather. Don't talk about X Factor. <laughs> Don't talk about things that are temporary. Talk about eternal life with each other. Let's go to the last point. You said with me? Yeah. Yeah. Saving souls is the mission of our faith. Saving souls is the mission of our faith. Let's go to Mark 1. Let's look at the, the, the most faithful man who ever lived. Most faithful man who ever lived was Jesus Christ. So we, we can learn a few things about, from Jesus. The Bible says, Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus woke up, stayed in bed half an hour, put off the alarm for another ten minutes, put the alarm on snooze, said, I'll, I'll, I'll pray later on, said, I'll pray tomorrow. No. He got up. There's a, big, there's a world of a difference between waking up and getting up. Yeah. That can make and break our day. Yeah. Waking up and getting up. Everybody wakes up, but only the faithful get up to pray. Jesus left the house. He went to a solitary place where he prayed. Simon and his companions went to look for him. When they found him, they exchanged. Everyone's looking for you. Jesus replied, let's go somewhere else to nearby villages so I can preach there also. That is why I have come. So he traveled to Galilee. Galilee. Preaching in their synagogues and driving out demons. You know, if you know how Jesus prayed, prayed Jesus prayed with loud cries and tears. So Simon and his companions, they went to look for him. He must have went a long way away from prayer. Sometimes we have to get away from things to pray. You know, it's a bit different back then. We've got to get away from the house, get away from the TV, get away from the... Everything, the, bleep, the, the bleeping, bleeps are everywhere now. <laughs> bleeps for WhatsApp, bleeps for Facebook, bleeps for text messages. They're all distracting. Every one of them distracts us. So when you're praying, turn off these things. Nothing's more important than your walk with God. It doesn't care how, how, how busy that disciple is. It doesn't care. Turn off your phone and pray to God. Give your whole heart to God. Amen. We all need to do it. I need to do it as well. Jesus was always focused on sharing his faith after his prayer. You wonder what did he pray for? So he must have, been, he must have prayed to be focused on evangelism. To be focused on the lost. These are the type of things we need to pray for. He must have prayed to be saving souls, to be about his business, to save souls today. We must imitate him. Yeah. There's a very encouraging scripture about Jesus. I hope you feel encouraged like I do. John chapter 5. Now we know Jesus was the son of God. He was the son of man, but he was also the son of God. Now but, but he's talking about himself here as the son of man. He said, by myself I can do nothing. I judge only as I hear, and my judgment is just. For I seek not to please him, please myself, but him who sent me. Now this is Jesus Christ. He was powerless without his walk with God. We often think Jesus would have done anything anyway. Jesus would have achieved nothing. Nothing without his relationship with God. He would have, he would have accomplished, he only accomplished what he did because of his tremendous daily walk with God. That's why Jesus did what he did. Also consistency. You know, Jesus, I think anyway, when he was 12... Jesus was well about his business. He was talking in the temple. Up to when he was 33. That's 21 years. Jesus, had a, Jesus never had a faithless prayer. Never think of that. He never had a day where he had a faithless prayer. Because if he, if he did, he would have sinned. Because he, like, he was like you and me in, in the flesh. So that means that how many consistent days of prayer did Jesus have? 7,665 consistent days. <laughs> Consistency is radical. Looking to be radical, look to be consistent. Increase your amount of prayer every day. Pray for an extra 15 minutes. Not just on Monday, but every day of the week. Consistency is radical. Jesus is radical. But like we said earlier on, the biblical standard is high. Don't look at the world. Don't look at even each other. 
don't look at the religion keep, keep your mind totally off the religious work keep your mind on the Bible the biblical standard is high this is what we aim towards for. we're aiming to follow Jesus Christ what is faithful prayer what is faithful prayer the Bible has an answer for that one as well let's go to Luke chapter 18 just a couple of more scriptures guys keep your, I, I hope you're still going with me yes. you still got stamina this is the word of God sometimes in the Bible they talk about the word of God all day they started in the morning and they had a, a sermon for 10 hours <laughs> 10 hours sometimes that happened in the word of God in the Old Testament Paul spoke overnight someone nearly fell asleep and died because of it <laughs> and had to be resurrected so hopefully no one's going to fall asleep today if you are please repent and wake up and listen to the word of God Amen. Amen. chapter 8 chapter 18 verse 1 Jesus told his disciples a parable Jesus loved parables to show that they should always pray and not give up he said in a certain town there was a judge who neither feared God or cared about men there's a lot of judges around that these days and there was a widow in the town who keep coming to him with the plea grant me justice against my adversary for some time he refused but finally he said to himself even though I don't fear God or care about men yet because this widow keeps bothering me I will see that she gets justice so that she won't eventually wear me out with her coming and the Lord said listen to what the unjust said says always go back to see what the unjust judge says and will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night will he keep putting them off I tell you he will see that they get justice and quickly however when the son of man comes and this is the key verse will he find faith on the earth but this is a kind of scary uh, question for Jesus here some people think this is a rhetorical question the rhetorical question the answer is in the question some people say no he won't find much faith on the earth will he find faith on the earth the other way of looking at it it's up to us that he's asking us today will he find faith on the earth if he came back today tomorrow Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Would he find faith on the earth? What does he equate, wait, equate faith to? Verse 7. With God being lost justice for his chosen ones, we are God's chosen ones. Who cry out to him day and night. This is such an important aspect of faith. To cry out to God. We have to learn how to do this. It's not a natural thing to cry out to God, is it? It's a natural thing to cry to each other and to moan to each other. And to cry about our boss behind each other, you know, behind the back. And the boss is going out of the room. That's, it's not natural to cry out to God. It's one thing to pray to God, but to cry out to God is true faith. Not just day, but night as well. And again, this is the early disciples. And if you look at the book of Acts, they were praying all the time. Not just in the morning, but at night. This is the, this is the biblical standard. The biblical standard is high. But we're God's people. We follow the biblical standard. Just a couple more scriptures now, guys. Mark chapter 11. Another great scripture about what faithful prayer is. <clears throat> These two scriptures are fantastic. Mark 11 verse 20 the Bible says in the morning as they went along they saw the fig tree withered from its roots now Jesus actually cursed the fig tree the night before Peter remembered said to Jesus Rabbi look the fig tree you cursed has withered Jesus answered have faith in yourselves have faith in God one thing I see about London being here four years a lot of people have a lot of faith in themselves but they don't have much faith in God how much faith do you have in yourselves today? We need to get rid of the faith in ourselves and, and get more faith in God. Jesus, I'll tell you the truth. If anyone says to this mountain, go throw yourself into the sea and does not doubt in his heart but believes what he says it will happen, it will be done for him. Therefore I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe you will receive it and it will be yours. It will be yours. This is another biblical standard of faith. We've got we to believe it before it happens. Now who's challenged by that? Who's challenged by that scripture? I'm challenged by that scripture. <laughs> That's, but this is the biblical standard. Let's not water down the biblical standard. This is a standard that God has for our lives. 
We've got to believe it. Now, Kip McKean was talking about before how he set a goal one year for three things to happen, three impossible things, and God made them all happen. He said in, in advance, challenging goal. But he forced himself to believe they were going to happen. He, he challenged his faith. And that's what we have to do every day. We've got to challenge our own faith. Don't wait for someone to say, have more faith. Challenge yourself to have more faith. That's what the Bible says. Test yourself to see if you have faith. Test yourself. Bring it on home, guys, to Acts chapter 4. Oh, Acts chapter 4, we're going to bring this to the very um, This is a great scripture. So, what stops souls from being saved? What stops the church from growing? What kills the church of God? Acts 4, chapter tw- tw- uh, verse 12, the Bible says, Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to men by which we must be saved. When they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled ordinary men, these were all the religious people, they were astonished and took note that these men had been with Jesus. But since they could see the man who had been standing there with them, he is standing there with them, there was nothing they could say. So they ordered them to withdraw from the Sanhedrin and they conferred together. What are we going to do with these men? They asked. Everyone living in Jerusalem knows they have done an outstanding miracle and we cannot deny it. But to stop this thing from spreading any further among the people, we must warn these men to speak to no longer anyone in this name, the name of Jesus. So he called the men again and commanded them not to speak at all, teach at all in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John replied, Judge for yourselves, but it is right in God's sight to obey you or the men. But we cannot keep speaking about what we have seen and heard. After further threats, they let them go. They could not decide how to punish them. Let's go to verse, chapter, uh, <coughs> verse 23. On the release... Peter and John went back to their own people and reported all that the chief priests and elders had said to them. When they heard this, they got discouraged. And they said, what's the point of being a disciple? These guys are going to kill us. No. They raised their voices. Raised their voices together in prayer to God. Sovereign Lord, they said, you made the heaven and the earth and the sea and everything in them. You spoke by the Holy Spirit to the mouth of your father, servant, our father David. Why do the nations rage and the people plot in vain? Kings of the earth take their stands against the ruler gathered together against the Lord and against his anointed one. Indeed Herod and Pontius Pilate met together with the Gentiles and the people of Israel in the city, conspire against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed. They did what your power and will be decided beforehand should happen. Now Lord, consider their threats and enable your servants to speak the word with great boldness. Stretch out your hand to heal and perform miraculous signs and wonders to the name of your holy servant Jesus. After they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken. Can you imagine that? What zeal they must have felt what God's presence was with them and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly you know if we're filled with the Holy Spirit we'll be bold for God yeah. actually the degree to which we're bold for God is the degree to which we're filled with the Holy Spirit there's no way of getting around for this no way of getting around with it if you're not bold today you, you cannot have the Holy Spirit if you're not bold for God the Holy Spirit wants to be bold the Holy Spirit wants to preach boldly that is the Holy Spirit. He wants to get his word out there. He wants everyone to know about it. Everybody of all nations, gender, angles. That's what it is. Now if you're visiting, don't your church preach this? Don't your church preach that we need to be bold with people? Not gentle. You know one thing about London is, uh, or England is probably the political capital of the world. <laughs> England. It's the political capital of the world. You know, <laughs> you can't say anything. You can't say that much you should say. You have to be careful what you say about everything. Don't offend anybody. I mean, I mean the most politically correct capital of, mm-hmm. of the world. Everyone's afraid to say that against anybody. You know, disciples, we have to st- stand out like sore tongue. We have to stand out like a sore tongue. Everyone we should know we're disciples. Amen? Mm-hmm. So the challenge this week, God, and this challenge is to pray boldly 
and to preach boldly to be fruitful I set a date of the 17th of March what's so special about the 17th of March if you're Irish you'll know it's St. Patrick's Day what do I get St. Patrick because he was a bold preacher he went from England to Ireland to preach the word to Irish and the Irish people were quite savage back then <laughs> some people might say it's still a bit savage today but anyway <laughs> but he, he convinced a lot of people he converted many people so we have to follow his example preach the word boldly go where true faith goes for those places that no one else will go true faith goes for those bold and, and, and places no one else will go he converted people for God let's convert people by the 17th of March for God let's everyone take that challenge today Amen Amen, Amen. let's bow our head at this time we're going to have the communion going to just fix our mind on Jesus this time what he did for us he died for us obviously on the cross he died so we wouldn't have to go through the same suffering let's bow our head and close our eyes at this time Father in heaven thank you so much for Jesus God thank you for the son of God thank you that he died for our sin that he died so we wouldn't have to die that we wouldn't have to go to hell for eternity Father please give us soft hearts this morning help us to respond to the word of God help us to respond to the cross Give us, help us to believe God that the cross only happened yesterday Father it's as re- relevant spiritually yesterday as it was happened 2000 years ago yes. Father please soften our hearts at this time we do love you Father we thank you and we pray in Jesus name Amen, Amen. Glory be to Jesus service where we take up a contribution for God's church because we want to reach the whole world we want to reach the rich part of the world we want to reach the poor part of the world we want to reach everywhere for God Amen. I'm going to read the, uh, this book that I got some time ago it's called Rich Christians in an Age of Hunger it's a well, well-known book of this type uh, poverty and that it talks about what would happen how, do, how, how can we understand what can we do to understand what poor people are going through 
One, one way to try and answer this question is to list what a typical family living in the industrialised Northern Hemisphere would need to give up if they were to adopt the lifestyle of a typical family living among the 1.5 billion neighbours who live in absolute poverty. Columnist Robert Heilbronner had itemised the abandoned luxuries in an American household, it can be an English household as well, which could be any household in the industrial Northern Hemisphere. We begin by invading the house of the imaginary American family to strip it of its furniture. Everything goes. Beds, chairs, tables, telephone set lamps. We will leave the family with a few old blankets, a kitchen table, a wooden chair. Along with the bureau, bureaus go to clothes. Every member of the family may keep in his wardrobe his oldest suit of dress, a shirt or blouse. We will permit a pair of shoes for the head of the family, but none for the wife and children. We move to the kitchen. The appliances have all already been taken out, so we turn to the cupboard. The box of matches may stay, a small bag of flour, some sugar and salt. A few mouldy potatoes already in the garbage can must be hastily rescued, for they will provide much of tonight's meal. We will leave behind a handful of onions and a, a, a dish of dried, dried beans. All the rest we take away, the meat, fresh vegetables, the canned fruit, the crackers, the candy. Now that we have stripped the house, the bathroom has been dismantled. The running water shut off. The electric wire is taken out. Next we take away the house. The family can move to the tool shed. Communications must go next. No more newspapers, magazines, books. Not that they are missed, since we must take away our family's literacy as well. Instead, in our shanty town, we'll, we'll allow one radio. Now government services must go. No more postmen, no more firemen. There is a school bus three miles away and consists of only two classrooms. There are, of course, no hospitals or doctors nearby. The nearest clinic is ten miles away, as tended by a midwife. It can be reached by bicycle, provided that the family has a bicycle, which is unlikely. Finally, money. We'll allow our family a cash hoard <coughs> of three pounds sterling. This will prevent our breadwinner from experiencing the tragedy of an Iranian peasant who went blind because he could not raise the £2.40, which he mistakenly thought he needed to receive admission to a hospital where he could have been pure. So this is what's going on in the world today. We are in the Commonwealth, where wealth is common. So we want to reach all the people in the world, but we won't do that without sacrifice. Whatever we have, we're not going to reach these people without sacrifice. They need to hear the gospel as well. We have a plan to go to all the richer, but we want to go to the poor people. We want to give the hope of Jesus Christ to everybody, rich or poor in this world. Let's pray this time. Father in heaven, thank you that you give us so much, God. Father, we're rich, Father. We have enough to eat, Father, enough to drink. We have everything we need, Father. We have communications, God. We have jobs. We have education, God. We have all government service. We're spoiled, Father. Compared to people who are living all over the world, Father. Up to two billion people are living in poverty, Father. Poverty. God, please move our hearts. Give our hearts to give more, Father. To give more for God's church to go around the world quickly, Father. To stop all these people, God. They have such a... So many of these people die young, Father. So many of their children die young. We need to be urgent, Father. Please give us a spirit of urgency to give us as much money as we possibly can today and every week to your church, Father. Love you, we thank you. Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Unto thee, O Lord, do I lift up my soul. Unto thee, O Lord. Do I lift up my soul? Oh my God, I trust in thee. Oh, let me not be ashamed. Let my enemies triumph over me. Let none that wait on thee be ashamed. Let none that wait on thee be ashamed. Oh my God, oh my God, I trust in thee. 
Oh, let me not be ashamed and let my enemies triumph over me. Remember not the sins of my youth. Remember not the sins of my youth. Oh, my Lord, I trust in Okay, God, this is, this is it coming to the end of our service. But um, just thanks for everybody for coming today. Obviously, we're going to have the leaders meeting at uh, 25 past 12. It's open to everybody. As many people as possible can come and do that phase. We're just going to have one more song at this time. If you visit, them, please stick around and get to know us a bit better. Amen. He said, he said to go to every nation. He said, he said, tell everyone. He said, he said to go to the disciples. And then the job will get Jesus said, go and make disciples of all nations. And baptize them in my name. Teach them to obey. I've got you and I am with you all the way. Teach them, teach them to bow before We would like to thank you for listening to that episode of the podcast. If you would like video versions of these episodes, whether it's sermon highlights or interviews, feel free to check us out on our website or view them on our YouTube channel. That's londonchurch.org.uk. That's L-O-N-D-O-N-C-H-U-R-C-H.org.uk. And for all other updates and information, whether it's services, 
events or devotionals you can find all that on our website also once again we'd like to thank you for listening and we'll catch you on the next one Bye.